This is the Get a Game Plan podcast hosted by the Louisiana Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, or GOSEP. I'm Mike Steele, the Communications Director for GOSEP. Thank you for joining us. October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. This nationwide month-long campaign aims to raise awareness about the importance of cybersecurity and helps ensure everyone has the resources they need to be safer and more secure online. On this episode, we will have other practical information on cybersecurity for you to use on a regular basis. Before we get started with that information, we wanted to provide an update on an ongoing emergency in South Louisiana. Due to extended drought conditions across the entire Mississippi River Basin, the water levels on the Mississippi River are extremely low, allowing salt water from the Gulf of Mexico to come upstream. This phenomenon, known as saltwater intrusion, can affect local water supplies because many public drinking water systems in South Louisiana rely on fresh water from the Mississippi River. GOSEP, along with regional, state, and federal partners, is actively monitoring the situation and working to provide regular updates to the general public and healthcare providers about impacts to water systems and necessary precautions. Go to emergency.la.gov for updates on this situation. That's emergency.la.gov. We also encourage residents of the southeast Louisiana parishes affected by the saltwater intrusion to stay informed by signing up for local text alert systems with their parish. Now on to our Cybersecurity Awareness Month discussion. Joining us by phone is Matthew McKee, Cybersecurity Program Director for GOSEP. Thanks for joining us. Honored to be here, sir. So the plan to protect your personal information can sound complicated. If there's a few simple steps people can take, what should they be looking for initially? Well, there's two sides to that question, Mike. Speaking specifically to protecting personal information, recent events have made it clear that everyone's personally identifiable information is at risk of being compromised. People should limit sharing of their personal information to only those who absolutely need access to it. Additionally, everyone should consider freezing their credit when not actively seeking new accounts. Last, people should monitor all accounts, especially financial accounts, for fraudulent activity. Further information on this topic can be found at nextsteps.la.gov. More generally, in regards to cybersecurity, people should enable multi-factor authentication on all accounts and applications that offer it. They should also ensure all devices and software are always updated with the most recent security patches and updates. A backup of their data that is physically disconnected from the internet or any system should be maintained to minimize data loss during a cybersecurity incident. Additional cybersecurity tips can be found at getagameplan.org. So multi-factor authentication. So can you kind of break that down for us, explain what exactly that means for someone that may uh, not have the, the technical expertise on that type of topic? Yes, sir. Multi-factor authentication is the use of more than one mechanism to authenticate or prove you are who you say you are in a particular system. Examples of the different factors in multi-factor authentication are something you have, something you are, and something you know. Something you have would be a one-time pin on your cell phone. Something you are could be a biometric, such as a fingerprint. 
and something you know could be a strong password. And what are practical ways that that may be available? Like, is it is it available if you're using certain apps or certain technology? Where should people look for those things? So in the settings of your devices, um, specific to devices, you should be able to find an option to enable multi-factor authentication. So for your cell phones, your computers, or other such devices, you should have options in the settings. For accounts such as your online bank account, you should also have a settings page that you can go and find an option to turn on multi-factor authentication. All right. And then what you were talking about with backing up of data, what what are some easier ways, again, if someone's not highly technical or are used to this type of technology, what are some ways they can go about that process? Again, most systems offer some sort of backup. So whether it be your cell phone, your computer, there is an option for backup either physically from, say, your cell phone to your computer or your computer to another drive, or many devices now offer cloud backup storage, which automatically backs up your data to a cloud-hosted or internet-hosted storage medium. We recommend that you also main one physically disconnected backup of all of your most important data. And by physically disconnected, I mean that you may have connected it to your device to actually download the backup onto the storage medium. But once the backup is complete, that device should be physically disconnected and not connected to the internet until the backup is needed for a restoration or another backup is performed. And is that something like a like a backup device or a storage device that you can you can purchase at a, at a store or online? What are some examples of those type devices? Some examples of those type devices are USB thumbsticks or external hard drives, really any removable storage medium that can be connected to devices and data can be placed on it. And then I think, you know, myself included, when you see uh, alerts come across for like an iPhone about, you know, new updates available or, you know, backup is needed, is it important to maintain those type settings and, and to keep up with those type things? Yes, sir, it is. We recommend that when security patches or updates come out, they are applied as soon as possible. This is to minimize the likelihood that an attacker can exploit the vulnerabilities associated with that security patch before the update is applied. And let's kind of move on. Again, we're speaking with Matthew McKee. He's the uh, Cybersecurity Program Director for GOSEP. You know, we've kind of talked about personal data and personal uh, safety, but what about when it, uh, business owners? Cybersecurity is also important for business and industry. If you're a small business owner, which initial steps should you be considering at this point? Proactive cybersecurity measures are perhaps even more important for business owners, particularly small business owners. The small business owner must protect not only their own personal data, but also that of their customers and employees. Additionally, a cyber incident at a small business could lead to service outages and subsequently unexpected business operations interruptions. These interruptions can be catastrophic to business owners and could potentially lead to financial losses. In addition to the steps recommended for individual users previously, the small business owner should limit administrative privileges on their systems to only those users who absolutely require them for their task, and they should only be used for those specific tasks that require them. 
Endpoint detection and response software is recommended for all computers, servers, and other systems on the small business network. Small business owners are encouraged to develop a cyber incident management and response plan and test it to prepare for cyber incidents. A key piece of this plan should be a continuity of operations plan detailing how the business will continue to operate during a service outage caused by a cyber incident. I never really thought about it from that angle, but we always talk about get a game plan when it comes to, you know, natural disasters, storms, flooding, those type things. But the same type plans need to be in effect uh, for people's personal information and for business owners. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Particularly for business owners, a cybersecurity incident is just another incident, though it may be man-made and should require the same level of planning and planning for response that any other incident does. And then, um, you know, most kids nowadays, they may have cell phones, uh, you know, iPads, other devices, tablets that they may use, uh, video games, systems. Uh, when it comes to kids and, and cybersecurity, what are some of the conversations parents should be having uh, these days? Well, we should educate our children on what their personally identifiable information is and how important it is to protect it, particularly online. Also highlighting that there are many cyber criminals who target children specifically, so children should be very cautious about interacting with strangers through electronic media. Also, cyberbullying and how to report it is a topic that should be discussed. The cyber.org and the Federal Trade Commission's Protecting Kids Online webpages have free resources and lessons available to parents to assist in educating children on these topics. Is it important to address those things as early as possible? I mean, that seems kind of like common sense, but, you know, a lot of people may think, well, I just got the cell phone, but should they have those conversations maybe before the devices are, are given to the children? Yes, sir. Certainly before the children are given their own device to use, probably earlier than that, uh, because they often use their parents' devices. An individual parent would have to make a decision when they determine that their children are mature enough to understand these topics. However, children are using electronic devices and accessing the internet earlier and earlier. So as early as the child can really comprehend these subjects, um, they should be discussed. That's a great point. Like our kids always ask for our phones every time we're sitting in a restaurant or sitting in traffic or whatever the case may be. So that's, that's a great point right there. Same conversation maybe for senior citizens. Some of us may have, you know, uh, senior adults as parents or, or loved ones, uh, are there things we can talk to them about or maybe kind of point them in the right direction to help them with some of these technology issues? Yes, sir. Senior citizens are targeted frequently by cyber criminals. This isn't new. Even prior to cybersecurity being as big a topic as it is today, people targeted senior citizens and tried to defraud them of, of their money. So the criminals these days often conduct their scams through seemingly legitimate services that senior citizens need, such as health care, home repairs, or other government services. Senior citizens who are not particularly familiar with new technology may have difficulty identifying the warning signs when targeted by these scams. Further compounding the problem, they may not realize that they have been scammed or may not know how to report it in a timely manner. Families should discuss these matters and assist senior citizens with monitoring their accounts for fraudulent activity. Also, any unsolicited calls or emails should be treated with suspicion. 
If someone has fallen victim to uh, a cyber scam or maybe they, they feel like they are vulnerable because of some cybersecurity issue, what's the best way to report that? So cybersecurity incidents in the state of Louisiana should be reported to the Louisiana State Analytical Infusion Exchange, LA Safe, at 1-800-434-8007. Additionally, fraud should be reported to the FTC through their online reporting mechanism at reportfraud.ftc.gov. Last, cyber crimes can also be reported to the Internet Crimes Complaint Center through their online complaint filing system at ic3.gov. Finally, taking a look at Louisiana's resources, I know over the past uh, six, seven, eight years, we've really dedicated a lot more resources. We've created the Cybersecurity Commission here in Louisiana, uh, those type things. How big of a problem is this? And and is the potential problem growing when it comes to cybersecurity? The problem is growing each year. In fact, in 2022, there were over 5,000 internet crimes reported in the state of Louisiana, which cost the victims $71 million just in direct losses related to the crimes reported. This doesn't include what it took for businesses to recover from the damages caused by these crimes or the individual's impact to trying to restore their identity and deal with um, other identity theft-related issues. That's amazing. 5,000-plus attacks in one year. That's that's remarkable. Yes, sir. This is just the ones that were reported. There are likely more that were not reported. So good advice to follow. Again, you can find more on the resources we talked about today, especially here in Louisiana at getagameplan.org. Our federal partners also have information at ready.gov backslash cybersecurity. We were speaking with Matthew McKee from GOSEP. Sir, thank you for joining us today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for our Get a Game Plan podcast. Please encourage others to share this resource and subscribe. We also want to thank producer Troy Perez and the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA, for use of their studio. Sign up to be an organ donor today. Find out more at donatelifela.org. They also have a great podcast titled The Gifted Life Podcast. You can find out more on most of the topics we talked about today by following GOSEP on Facebook and Twitter. Remember, get a game plan. On behalf of the staff at GOSEP, thanks for joining us. We'll have a new episode available next month. This podcast is produced in partnership with LOPA and the Gifted Life Podcast. Find out more about organ, eye, and tissue donation by listening to the Gifted Life Podcast at thegiftedlife.org or download it from your favorite podcast app.